We're excited to be sponsored by Your Digital Future, a new talent agency specialising in digital training and recruitment. One of the challenges we see is that finding good marketers is hard. If you don't live and breathe digital marketing, then how do you know where to find these people? What do you ask them? And are they even any good? Your Digital Future takes that off your hands as an employer. Also, if you're looking for a job in marketing, they work with progressive candidate-focused brands nationally. So it's worth connecting with them, even if you're not looking for a new role right now. To find out more, visit yourdigitalfuture.co.uk. Welcome to the More Than Digital Marketing podcast, your podcast about all things digital marketing and so much more. This week, it's me, Luke, back on the podcast after a brief hiatus. I'm joined by... It's me, Becky. I'm back again. Um, And we have a guest this week who hasn't been on the podcast before. Do you want to reveal yourself? Yes, it's me, Alistair. Um, I think in a previous episode, someone referred to you as our fearless leader. Revered, please. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And then we talked about how we just wanted to confirm that optics wasn't in fact a cult. So yeah, I can confirm that. Thank you. Um, But I am pleased to be here. And actually, I'm quite humbled to be here on this. Which episode are we on now? Uh, 14. 14. Because I was told in no uncertain terms by Jack that I could be a special guest on the 100th episode. <laughs> so I've managed to get in a little bit earlier, which we, is... Jack's, Jack's on holiday now, so I've scattered the rules. Okay, yeah, nice. So Thanks. we've just Thanks, Luke. gone round him while he's not here. Amazing. Um, we'll have to deal with the consequences of that tomorrow when he's back, but yeah. there we are. Just don't tell him to this live. How are everyone's weeks going? How has your year started? I haven't seen both of you, I guess, in podcast terms since the year began, so... Well, I was off from the 17th until last week and it's mm-hmm. taken me probably till about now to get back into the full swing of things after catching up on emails, et cetera, et cetera, to really get back into it. So it's quite nice to be here again as well on the podcast. I was way too busy last week. Yeah, um, it was a very busy start to the year, wasn't it, when we got back? Um, but that is good, Alistair, isn't it, from your point of the world? Yeah, much rather that Lots than of sales. twiddling thumbs waiting <laughs> for things. Yeah, it's been crazy, actually. I mean, January is sometimes a little bit of a, a, a low, not low month, but a less busy month. But it's just been absolutely nonstop since we got here, so which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very exciting. Um, okay, so let's start then. Um, so obviously, Alistair, first one, we'll go gently with you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> although Alistair's been in the business much longer than me or Luke have, yeah. so I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, Luke, do you want to kick us off by talking about socials? So yeah, this is with Instagram. So obviously, we've spoken on the podcast before about how Instagram had moved into trying to essentially be TikTok, replicate the For You page that exists on TikTok, etc. And then late last year, Kim Kardashian and one of her sisters, whose name I don't remember, um, started trending something of make Instagram Instagram again to try and move back to that. Um, to a point where it got the head of Instagram to kind of reply to that, saying that, well, we are going to be making these changes. And as of February, the compose button is being moved back to the center of the app. So it was in the, it's was it been moved to the top right, which people found really annoying to find. Um, and they're moving reels away from the front and center of the app. So they're moving it like next to the compose button now, bumping it a little bit down that priority list. Okay. And 
removing the shop tab entirely. So there'll be no more shop tab on Instagram. But will the shop feature still be there? So as in, like we have e-commerce clients, for example, who put up um, posts of products and then link to where you can buy it through the shop button. Yeah. So that feature will still be there and you can still do the links, but you just wouldn't have a shop tab at the bottom. Yeah, there's just no shop tab to go and do your shopping on Instagram. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And presumably, does that mean they're getting away from video? Because I thought they were moving more towards video. Um, They'll still have video as a focus, I think. Yeah, they're just moving reels to the side on the navigation rather than being front and centre. And there's still lots of chat about... um, the like main feed being kind of real focused well i tried this the other day um and i i've never i hadn't seen it before until like earlier this month with now i'm doing a constant update of my own instagram was i uploaded a video to my own instagram feed and i can only upload the video to my main feed now as a reel i can't just upload a video post it has to be uploaded as a reel now yeah 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 Mm. Um, whereas before you could obviously still add the like square video in place but now it just has to be a reel Um, I've just looked it up quickly because I do care about the Kardashians Um, (laughs) and it was Kylie Jenner that said that Uh, with Kim Um, so she's the youngest of the Kardashian sisters just in case anyone cares she's like the second most famous one though isn't she yeah she's the one that like was the first billionaire of the Kardashians or something she's my favourite Could you pick her out of a lineup, Alistair? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, um, I mean, we did talk about Instagram last week, actually. Um, obviously, neither of you were here, sorry. Um, but yeah, we were talking about someone, I think it was like the MD of Instagram or something, has said that he wants Instagram to kind of return to its original values and that kind of thing. So this just supports that further, I think. From what I've read on this article from TechCrunch, um, which we'll include, as always, in the description, that was in direct reply to Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. I've already forgotten the name you said. Yes, um, currently. And it was in direct response to that because you get two of your biggest users of Instagram saying, we want to move this back to how it was, then you kind of bow to their pressure a little bit, don't you? Because mm-hmm. influencers so have all the Do we power. think that this is more of like a UX thing or is this fundamentally the way that Instagram works versus the likes of TikTok? Yeah, I think it's kind of what people expect from the platform and it it's strayed a bit too far from the path um, to try and compete with TikTok and nobody wanted it. People do still quite like having multiple apps that do different things for different people and Instagram isn't necessarily that. And they also, um, I know Kim Kardashian kicked off about how the reels from random influencers of a much smaller nature than her um, were being prioritised over her... How dare they? ...over her photoshopped photos. Shadow banning, isn't it? Mm. Everyone says it's not a thing, but it definitely is. And she was getting pushed down the algorithm with Mm. her, like, highly edited photography that made her so big on Instagram in the first place (laughs) for Mm. funny reels of a dog. (laughs) I mean... I'd rather watch a funny riddle of a dog, to be honest. But <laughs> I often send you those. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's actually mine and Alice's only interaction on Mostly TikTok. Mostly on TikTok, yeah. Is just <laughs> sending each other videos of dogs. <laughs> the turnaround one was brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. Have you seen the one with the dog on the school bus? 
the dogs going on the school yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so fantastic. So good. Um, I've taken to just sending you advertising memes now. I've had no reply, but I take absolute joy in sending you them anyway. To me? Yeah. On what? I sent you one on Instagram the other day. Oh my gosh. It was like... He's probably a blocked user. Yeah, right? yeah. don't... Yeah. I've, I've it was a, an image of... Sent from John Wednesday, probably. that Netflix show. Oh yeah. And it was like... Um, Wednesday with her friend who's got like dyed hair and she's really bubbly all the time and over Wednesday it said like um the creative and then over the really bubbly person it said like account director <laughs> I don't know whether you'd call me really bubbly um I should probably say nothing <laughs> I don't know I pick my moments um <clears throat> okay so that's changes to Instagram then um I think the other bit about social that's worth talking about is obviously we talk about Twitter every single week, don't we? Um, But it looks like Amazon's kind of going down a similar route in terms of cutting their workforce, that kind of thing. Um, This isn't even really social, so I don't know why I put this in this section. But still interesting to talk about. There's a massive amount of layoffs happening in tech at the moment. Twitter tends to be the one in the social media space that's having the biggest amount. Mm. Obviously, Facebook and Instagram are having their own layoffs, not quite to that level of scale um, of Twitter. But now Amazon are laying off 1.2% of their workforce and Salesforce are laying off 10% of their staff as well. Um, They're citing countering economic headwinds as the main reason for laying off staff. Um, It's being handled differently from different people. Mm -hmm. So Twitter's, the people they're laying off is just odd because it's going completely against everything that people are worried about with Twitter. So they're laying off people who deal with misinformation, hate speech and harassment. Um, they just get rid of those people now, which is interesting. just shows Musk still not listening to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that it, the reasons behind the Twitter layoff and the Amazon layoff are probably very different, right? Yeah, yeah I would have um, thought so. I mean, I have to say, before this, actually, I just picked up on a uh, a message on LinkedIn from someone that I know, CEO of, a again, another tech business laying off 8% of their staff, mm. um, which j- literally came, I walked into this off seeing that and was quite surprised. So I think, you know, maybe we are seeing that kind of first wave of recession um, hitting those businesses. Mm. Um, I mean, certainly on an SME level, we don't feel like that's happening yet and hopefully it will continue not to happen but it is a bit of a concern yeah for sure and it it's happening with everywhere like media comma letting go of a lot of their staff as well okay through fears of reduced media buying mm-hmm. sort of with the economic landscape as it is um and yeah it's just quite a bit of a, a worrying one for a lot of the bigger tech yeah, I mean, any business which is kind of service provision focused or product, sells products um, will kind of be looking at this new economic phase with caution and concern, I mm. suppose. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine that this is just the start of it. Like you said, Alistair, might come come for other companies at some point. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, whilst we've got you here, and obviously we've talked about Twitter for the last 100 years, um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your view on is Twitter going? Can it come back? Yeah, really, really difficult one, this. I mean, personally, so my, I can only really speak about my journey, but like I was on Twitter really early um, in the kind of 2007 uh, uh, um, age, I think, when they just about launched it. And I absolutely loved it for about four or five years, um, was really into it, 
spent all my time on it, built quite a lot of followers. And then over probably the last three or four years, I just completely fell out of love with it and barely used it at all. And I think now Musk being on board and doing what he's doing is it's going to find it really tricky to turn it around. And I think it's going to need someone else um, to steer the ship. But I can't see why anyone's going to want to steer that ship, to be honest. Um, so I'm playing around with some of the other platforms that are out there. Yeah, you joined Mastodon, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I joined Mastodon um, just to see what it's like, really. And I mean, to be honest, I haven't spent an awful lot of time on it, but I've I've sent a few messages. I've commented on a few other people's posts just to see what happens. But it it looks and feels a lot like Twitter. Mm. But I think there's, because of the way the infrastructure works and stuff like that, it doesn't, it hasn't, there's something very different about it. And I haven't quite got Mm. my head around that yet. It's a really odd one, isn't it? Because with the servers and things like that. Yeah, it's like a bit like Discordy, yeah. isn't it? It's like definitely tech focused. Yeah. But you got, if you want to like start your own server, you've got to pay for the hosting of oh, okay. that server. Oh, is that right? Because I, because I tried that. to set up a gaming one. Yeah. And it was going to cost me like 50 quid a month, so I couldn't be bothered. No. I think the thing that, uh, I, I think you dealt with this on one of the other podcasts, but the thing that kind of I keep coming back to is that Twitter definitely has a um a use within certain spheres industries whatever you want to call them like the seo industry for example they all talk on it and they learn from Mm. each other and things like that and i kind of wonder what what replaces that Mm -hmm. and i think you guys might have mentioned it before and talked about it and i think for me maybe linkedin comes in to play a little bit more in that space um but other than that there isn't really an awful lot that replaces it no you're right i mean we've talked about it from the community point of view um and then we've talked about it from kind of the brand like brand brand do you know what i mean (laughs) like like you know when you call it employer brand oh yeah a a brand's brand yeah um that is displayed quite a lot on twitter um and then yeah also add and i think the biggest thing that we've kind of talked about or come to the conclusion of is that if they don't sort out the ad part of twitter they won't be able to keep going because that's where the revenue comes from and although i don't think twitter's ever made any money has it ever i mean i'm not sure but i know that that's a story i've heard a lot as in when you run campaigns on twitter they're never successful no no as in twitter as a business i don't think has ever made any money or some I've I've, i've read various articles about this before but it these these companies that get backed by investors okay. and you know, they, they don't actually turn a profit and you kind of, it's just crazy. The money that's out there that some people are willing to invest in these products. So I don't know if that's still the case or not. Just because obviously most of the money that like Facebook <laughs> and Instagram make at this point is from ads and ad revenue and stuff like that. The Twitter ad revenue is diminishing constantly because the return on ad spend is just not there for the platform. Yeah. Um, I remember we spoke about it briefly, but Musk put out a random Twitter poll saying, what do advertisers care about? Is it like political correctness or like being able to say what they want? And loads of people just went return on ad spend. Yeah, it's like if, if all of your stuff is horrible and you post all this horrible stuff, but I get a return on ad spend, I'm probably still going to use your platform. When, when was the last time you ran a campaign on Twitter, Luke? How of interest. Ooh, 2018? Really? That yeah. Long was it still Twitter cards? It's still Twitter cards. Is it? It's still website. I've, wow. uh, maybe more recently than that, I've used it for some like travel and tourism clients and some universities who find a bit of extra budget down the back of the sofa and they go, oh, what would be nice to have 
run a little bit of a video ad on Twitter. I love finding budget down the back of a sofa. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen too often, no. does it? But... How do we find more businesses like that? Um, well, if anyone's Tenders. listening, <laughs> yeah. who's got money got down any, the sofa? Yeah. Just check now. <laughs> um, Tweet us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for now, watch the can. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's sad to see that so many people are kind of losing their jobs around all these mm. tech layoffs and stuff. But it's really interesting as well, because it, it feels like last year there was this kind of there was there's a massive positivity around tech and where everything was going you know mm. we'll, we'll probably get into it at some point ai and vr and all those kind of areas being boom areas so it seems slightly I think that's, strange i think that's the thing though is so if you looked at the tech industry as a whole it's not that that's declining it's that these these areas are declining and then out of the ashes other things are appearing yeah, okay. so i don't think that any of these people who are losing their jobs are going to end up with absolutely no jobs available for them to go into um, it's just going to be a slightly different... Obviously, you know, you'd rather not be in that situation. Um, but I don't think the tech industry, by any means, is going to be getting smaller. Yeah, it's like the um, the meta layoffs were all around people who are working as part of the metaverse and AR because they tried to basically be the front runners of launching the metaverse, naturally. Mm. Yeah. And, and they went then too quick. They went too quick and then everyone else, like Roblox, did it better than them and, were, and had way more success than them. So... Mm. Like Roblox were launching things like you could do your entire shop, your entire Walmart shop in Walmart world on Roblox now and have it delivered to you. And then within the same week, Zuckerberg went on and went, we've now got legs on the avatars. And that was their big kind of like announcement around the same time. (laughs) (laughs) They've started. That's the big like metaverse um, change that's coming up is they're putting legs on people. Yeah. Whilst we're talking about the Metaverse, do you want to talk about the Metaverse article that we've got this week? So um, this was on CTV News um, and basically it was at a conference in Las Vegas. Um, Lots of companies were showing off uh, new innovations in the VR space, which is obviously kind of where the Metaverse was born. Um, And also this article gave a definition of the Metaverse. And, you know, we're always saying, I can't define it. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to read you one. Oh, interesting. So it's defined as three-dimensional virtual communities where people can meet, work and play. Uh, Okay. That's not bad, is it? So that... Very simplified, but all right. Way back in the early podcast where I kept comparing it to a world of Warcraft was pretty apt. Yes. And when I said it was like Haber Hotel. Yeah. So similar. Um, Yes. So anyway... um, there's been this big conference of tech companies showing off what they're doing in the metaverse space. Um, and it's really cool. It's very, very futuristic, though. I can't quite comprehend how this is going to work. But they're trying to incorporate sensory technology. So like haptics, so you can feel things. Um, and then optics, so you can like feel that things are like in front of you when they're not, which obviously is more like what it is currently. Mm. Um, And then also um, like smells as well. Um, So later this year, so really soon, there's a company that are planning to release a headset that's got aroma cartridges in the headset so that you'll be able to smell certain things. Obviously, there'll be a limited number of scents. Um, But they were talking about how 
that could be applied in a business world, which I thought was really interesting. So imagine you've got your VR headset on and you're in a metaverse and you're walking through the shopping mall, for example, um, and then you come across the new Dior perfume and then you get to smell it through the metaverse to see whether you like it and then you can buy it. Like, that would be insane, wouldn't it? That is very Ready Player One. (laughs) That is really... Scary, but very cool. That is really cool. I've had um weird sidebar, but I've had a bit of a, like ex- VR experience there where they try to use scent at the same time. Okay. So I was reviewing a game called Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and it was like a VR game, and they sent me a candle to go along with it. Okay. That you light the candle, put the VR headset on, and then you play the game. And it smells like that. gun Death. cartridges. Uh, no, it smelled like corpses, and oh, I couldn't get the smell of right. corpses. Yeah, I couldn't get the smell of like why? zombies and corpses because it's a zombie would, game. Why would you want a candle <laughs> that smells like dead bodies? Wow, that's crazy. I don't know, but it got into my sofa, <clears throat> and I couldn't get the smell oh out for my a while. Gosh. It, that's interesting. It, that kind of makes me think of like <clears> those <throat> really high-end restaurants that kind of it's all about the experience, and you know the the the, the smoke coming out of food and all this kind of stuff as well that goes like Heston Blumenthal yeah yeah Mm. yeah it's a little bit like that have you seen the menu yet it's on Disney Plus it's a film called The Menu with Ray Fiennes in it no and they go to this island and it's like 1500 quid a head and they get flown out to this island to eat this guy's menu who's there and it's basically like that it's like you pay for this experience of going there and then he goes there and he creates like a breadless breadboard for example, and it's just basically a spoon and some oil on a plate. Um, and you're kind of like eating all of this stuff. And it's really, it's my favourite film of last year. It's on Disney+. Oh, okay. Plus. Sounds good. Yeah, um, i definitely yeah. put that on the list. That and then you good. just watch Ray Fiennes go more and more insane as the film goes on. Okay. I mean, you're good at watching films that people suggest, right? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> no, I haven't watched Hamilton yet. I'll update everyone again next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just the final um, metaverse kind of uh, application that this article talked about, um, which is much more kind of useful. Because um, I think typically people look at metaverse, because VR is born out of gaming, people look at metaverse as kind of like a an extra fun thing to have type thing rather than like changing the world. Um, and where they were talking about optical and haptic technology, um, surgeons could use a metaverse um so if they're in the middle of a procedure for example they could have a vr headset on that brings up the patient's vitals um like scrolls through mri scans um if they were doing like robotic surgery they could have the cam like whatever's on the camera on the inside of someone to show on the metaverse vr screen or um so there's lots of ways that people are trying to think about how it could really make a difference to the world as well as just being kind of cool and fun. so a bit like the snapchat glasses where i don't know if you saw those a while back where you could basically like press a button and you could snapchat whatever you were doing at that time mm. well but yeah you but would that's also not, have like a feed that appears it would also have like a world. feed that appears <laughs> on the glasses so it could have the vitals that yeah appear. yeah yeah similar to that like what you imagine in james bond when people have glasses on and it yeah. makes a screen in front of you like a hologram screen um but yeah i wonder if so, they do like menu experiences through it through like the scent cartridges of go and smell this person's food to decide before you go and i mean it appears the possibilities are endless yeah so maybe let's see what happens in weeks to come shall we crazy world that my kids are going to grow up in yeah and (laughs) speaking of a crazy world alistair someone has paid a thousand pounds to have 12 cans of energy drink oh before we go on to that go on 
Do I get to go on the Metaverse? Oh, sorry. Thanks. Are we talking too much for you to <laughs> jump in? You know, I don't like to push myself into conversations, as you well know. Um, <laughs> I don't talk too much. Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, the Metaverse is a very interesting kind of concept and I, I actually know someone who works very closely with this world um the whole kind of web3 space and has bought land in in decentraland and sandbox as well was very early adopter in in both those spaces so i've been speaking to him quite a lot about it and i think that in some ways we almost i think we're almost trying to work it at, think too deeply about how different this this thing might be and this thing doesn't really exist currently or exists in lots of different formats and there's a there's a race to be first and that hasn't been won yet so it feels you know in the early days of like the web for example where um you had things like in the search engine world you had outer vista you had ask jeeves you had 37.com google just bringing up like there wasn't really a winner at that stage and, and now obviously it's google so i don't think we're we're at the beginning of this now. And I was doing um, a session with a, a legal group the other day and I found, I was doing some research and I found a solicitor in Germany who had created, basically in Decentraland, they created a version of their office, which you could, it was just a 3D space basically. And you didn't need to be in a VR set or anything like that. You could do it via the web, but you could basically go and navigate that and you could walk in as an avatar. You could, uh, walk up to the reception you could then walk up to like the wall and then certain things would appear on the wall that services that 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 solicitor offered you could then press a button on a lift that would take you up to a next level um so it might be like go and look at corporate conveyancing or whatever it might be and then that would take you up to the next level and it's almost like a 3d website yeah it's a visual mm. representation of a website. yeah and and it was quite cool you had this section where you could uh, organize a meeting with them and what would happen is the meeting there's some stairs would appear to like a room that wasn't there before and then you go into that and then it would just be like a zoom call basically within mm. that so i i kind of think like with we, we whenever anyone's talking about metaverse they're talking about this thing that's like i don't know how you describe it but we don't really know what it is but actually it might not be that far from what where we're at now you know, yeah. it might just be that optics needs to move to designing 3D websites initially before then moving into something more technical later. Mm. I imagine it like <laughs> this is because I don't play very many games, but when I was a kid, I used to play the Harry Potter computer games. So I was Harry Potter running around inside the castle and going in the different rooms and doing different things and stuff. And I, I literally imagine it like like that. Yeah. It's not far off that that will be like you go to class in these 3d website worlds yeah. and that's how education is delivered to a certain prospect of people yeah and the they, they asked me to kind of consider use cases for it as well from a legal perspective and and so again i went and wrapped my brains and did some research on it and there were some interesting um there was interesting use cases like people that are maybe um lack mobility you know, that can't get out to go and see a solicitor, for example, you know, mm -hmm. they can log on and do it via that, that method. Um, you might have people that want to remain anonymous and talk to a solicitor, for example, about something that they're not happy being known for, which you couldn't mm -hmm. do face to face. Um, and, and, others that came up as well and also the other one was just the the younger generation i know you've touched on this before luke a few times 
that younger generation that are playing Roblox, um, Minecraft, all of those different games, that is what they know. Mm. Like Oscar, who's seven, he loves it. He spends his time in it. He's going to kind of expect business to be done in that kind of way yeah. in like 20 years time. So we're trying to imagine something which they are just going to expect. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's just going to be there for them from now until web four basically yeah and whatever iteration that might be and it's the walmart side of things as well on that thing was like future proofing their business because they're obviously their brand is seen as like a cheapy kind of little or aldi over here that we've got where you can kind of go in buy everything you need at really low cost and they're not exciting suddenly they're reframing how they're viewed by like your son if they go in and they can play a few games in Walmart world, suddenly as they get a bit older, Walmart seem cool and exactly like that, a yeah. front runner of these sorts of brands. I think that's what it is. It's, it's a lot of people that are testing the market, trying out new things, trying to get their first, first mover advantage, they call it, don't they? And I think that's probably where we are now. Um, I don't know how many people would actually say that they're making money from the metaverse. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it'd be interesting to know. That's probably not the point first off though, is it? I don't think so. Like if you look at the space races and stuff, none of them are making money. No. They just want to be the first one to do it. Exactly. Mm. But then from your branding perspective as well, when you are, like I think I saw Walmart once they did, I don't know, I keep harping on about Walmart world. That's okay. But If you're going to be an influencer for them, that's fine. When um, <laughs> they launched that world, they saw an uptick in their sales of people going to their physical stores yeah, I bet they just did. because suddenly they were this cool brand that had done something first yeah, that wasn't necessarily going to make them money, but they invested in it and then they were cool. So something they did over here in the metaverse mm -hmm. had an effect actually in yeah. real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about those cans, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like it's going to be a really like disjointed little move onto this now, but um, sorry, that's my fault. It's absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, this was just about um the power of influence, basically. So, um, lots of people have read about this, kind of in newspapers or or seen it on TikTok, to be honest. Um, so yeah, KSI and Logan Paul released their energy drinks called Prime Hydration. Um, they've gone viral because they exist in a viral world. So that's what happens, isn't it? Um, and then everyone started doing like TikTok videos of like, oh, I've got one, it tastes like this. And then it snowballed into everyone wants one. Um, and there aren't enough to go around, basically, is the is the deal. Um, so people have been queuing for hours and hours outside Audi to try and find them. And KSI has gone online and said, oh, just wait, they'll be in Asda soon and then they'll be two pounds. And then people are selling them on the black market and you can buy them on eBay for like a hundred pounds a can. Madness. Um, and then now a corner shop in Wakefield sold 12 cans to a woman for a thousand pounds. Makes me feel a bit ill. And then KSI did a video on it and said that that shop should be boycotted by everyone and it's disgraceful that they've sold it at that value and that kind of thing. And then that company has now been like cancelled and taken off TikTok and it's all turned into a big like defamation fight. KSI looks like a hero in this instance though. He's created this. Him and Logan Paul have created this scarcity. <laughs> they've created the situation and then they've gotten in front of it really quickly and gone, just wait, 
till it's in Asda for two quid, don't spend £1,200 £1, on it, mm. this, that and the other, from a situation that they've created, that they, they got in front of, so they look like the good guys. Which, well, I mean, KSI does. Logan Paul never looks like a good guy at the moment. <laughs> like, he's under, he's under a, three different scandals at the moment, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, the crypto scandal. The crypto scandal, the pig scandal, and I think there's one other. I don't know about any of these things. This is not a part of my world. He bought a micro pig. It wasn't a micro pig and apparently abandoned it in a field. Um, what a nasty man. Yeah. And then the crypto scandal thing is he basically created with some people... A crypto currency it's site, crypto zoo. crypto zoo, yeah, which they got loads of people to buy in, and then they pulled out of because they knew it wasn't going to make any money. Oh dear, sounds like fire festival. It's, all it over. sounds like money laundering. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. Um, so back to the energy drink. Yes. Then. Um, <laughs> so basically, they are sponsoring Arsenal this season. Um, so we should probably ask Harry about this actually. Um, It'd be a good one. Our our optics apprentice Harry is a diehard Arsenal fan, um, so he. I wonder if he's queued up outside Audi to try and get an energy drink because they're the sponsor of Arsenal. Can we find I out? I mean, for he might next, have done the next. Yeah, we'll let everyone know next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that means that the drink is available at Arsenal stadiums. For a thousand pounds. The Arsenal Stadium, sorry. There's probably not more than one, is there? For a thousand pound bottle. No, for normal prices. Well, normal prices for a stadium, which obviously are inflated. But um yeah, which which is clever, really. From like from an Arsenal standpoint, like to get that as a sponsorship, I that I think that's quite yeah. kind of forward focused. Do we know when it's gonna become more readily available? Um, well, KSI has come out and said that at the moment they're not making any money off it at all. All the money that's kind of coming in um, is going straight back into creating more supply. Mm. Um, off his coconut water. Yeah, so Luke did some research and found out that it's not really very good for you. Um, it's less hydrating than normal water. And when you read the ingredient label of... Um, there's a guy I follow on YouTube who does a really good talk on it called Shredded Sports Science. And he reads through the label and he's like, oh, a load of the vitamins are in there. And then when you look at how much it contains, it's listed as 0%. They've just listed the vitamins on there. Wow. They're not lying, they're I guess. Not lying. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But it's called, um, it's called like label bulking. So a lot of like right. supplement companies do it where they'll list loads of ingredients that aren't in it at 0% because people will just go, oh, cool. And then... I mean, you could wow. also, like they could put in it 0.0001% of something and say that it was in it. Yeah. So, you know, that might be part of it as well. It's just like rounded down to zero. Um, but yeah, Gordon Ramsay has tried it live on a radio show, which again is just such clever marketing. Like... So on the radio show, he tasted it and he said, and I'm not going to try and do a Gordon Ramsay voice, but he said, um, Jesus, it's like swallowing perfume. What is that? I'll send it to Nigella to cook her pork ribs in. So, <laughs> so he doesn't like it. So Gordon Ramsay doesn't like it. Yeah. But having Gordon Ramsay not like mm. it and say something like that means that that's going to be shared so many times and then everyone's going to go, oh my God, I want to see if it tastes like swallowing perfume. Yeah. So... There's there's no chance that KSI did not send that can to Gordon Ramsay and say, please taste this on the radio. No. But no, he I mean, there's did. some genius marketing in here, isn't there? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. This story makes me feel a little bit ill, though, cause, and I don't know who I've got less faith in here, the, the shop owner that increased their prices <clears> to £1,000 or the people that are actually bothering to, to queue it. up and buy I it. I mean, 
the whole thing just is bonkers. Have you ever wanted something so much and couldn't get it that you overpaid for it? Overpaid? Maybe slightly, but not... I mean, this is ridiculous. Well, well, I have one. Go on. Not that I have not paid £1,000 for 12 cans of lemonade. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But I did... Uh, and I mean, lots of people will, probably will have done this, but I bought Michael Bublé tickets. I don't think loads of people have bought Michael Bublé tickets, but I went on one of those like ticket reselling websites and bought Michael Bublé tickets for like double their value because I wanted to go so bad. Oh, that's a big thing in the ticketing industry at the moment though, isn't it? <clears throat> like the ticket towers. Um, well, yeah, but that that's the only thing I can mm. think of. Um... They did it with the PlayStation 5s when those first launched as well. Yes. Obviously to a bigger scale because it's not just an energy drink that you drink once and then... And I think I know multiple people who would have paid three times the amount that a PlayStation 5 is worth to get a PlayStation 5. Yeah. I nearly sold mine to, back to CX because I, I pre-ordered it. and was yeah. like, oh, why are you pre-ordering it? It's going to be loads of supply. No, there wasn't. Um, and then CEX were offering to buy them for like 1,500 quid. And I was like, that's three times what I paid for it, and so I very nearly sold it. Off, yeah. I'm not sure I've ever been in this world before. I know people in like trainers, don't they? And they kind yeah. of they do that with trainers. So and you don't clothing. think you have done that? I don't think I've overpaid for things. I mean, I overpay for my sandwiches because they're closer to me, <laughs> the shop next door. But you know, other than that, no. Okay. I've done it with trainers. I bought a pair of Adidas Pharrells. Did you? For about 180 quid. Really? And they are uh, when they launched, they were like 90. Right, okay. Because you wanted them first. Because you wanted them so I bad. Because I wanted them so bad. Wow. Um, and then I wore them once, went to a pub and spilled red wine on them, and they were <laughs> oh <my> white. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. You don't strike me as a red wine drinker, Luke. No, I can't yeah. see you drinking red I love, wine. I love a red wine with a steak. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. It's very refined. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, that takes us on then to the big one of today, which is around AI content. Um, <laughs> so, um, letting everyone behind the, what's the phrase when you let people behind the curtain, but the fourth wall that when you're acting, that's what you call it, isn't it? Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. We're breaking the fourth wall here. Alistair wanted to talk about this first. I want to know what breaking the fourth wall means. Um, it's like when an actor talks directly to the to audience. The audience. Oh, because when you're on a stage, there's three walls around you, but the one in front of you is not there. Okay. But you pretend that it is because you're pretending that the audience aren't in the room. I see. But. So, like, right now, we're all just talking to each other, but we're breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to the audience right Like now. Fleabag. I don't know if you watched Fleabag. But they do it a lot. Yeah, they talk directly to the camera. Fleabag? Yeah, Fleabag. with Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Waller-Bridge. Is that a children's programme? No. no. It's like the biggest TV show oh, of the last couple of years. Remember her? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Risky. Um, so... What were we just talking about? My brain's just completely... AI content, you're going to break the fourth wall. Yes. 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 Okay, so... Back to AI. Oh, God. Um, So (laughs) Alistair wanted to talk about this first because he is squealing about this, aren't you? You are so excited. Um, And uh, I forbid him from doing it because I thought he would talk for the entire hour about it (laughs) and we wouldn't be able to talk about anything else. Um, So we're going to let him loose now um, (laughs) to talk about... um, chat G- gpt is that what it's called yeah well chat gpt yeah it's <clears throat> an, an open ai yeah i mean i think do you y- want to give a quick what is it al <clears throat> I, I can try if you wish <laughs> yeah um I, uh, but i think it, before i do that i think you might be interested in what i've got to say because 
um, I, I'm on a leash here with my <laughs> business, my, my co-directors who want me to be very careful about what I go off and say to people about this. But no, I am excited, genuinely. I mean, so chat GPT um, and open AI is uh, essentially a tool, which is a conversational AI tool, which you can go to. Um, they've got so much volume and so much traffic, so half the time you can't get in. But when you do get in, you can basically ask this AI questions and um, you can ask it to do things for you. So you could ask it to write a blog or you could ask it to even create a tea schedule or bin schedule or something silly like that. So you can do all sorts of things with it. And basically it's been fed lots of information so it's not live data this it's not going and searching the internet so to speak it's it's been fed databases of information like i don't know i don't know where it's come from but um one thing that i found said that um it doesn't have um accurate information post 2021 because it's not live yeah yeah. so it's basically been fed this information and i think that will be one of the things that changes over time it will become more um actual you know real time but um but yeah so you can ask it all these questions and and because it's conversational you can follow up your questions. So, for example, if you wrote, uh, let's say, if you said, write me a blog article on the future of SEO and it writes you a blog article, then you could go on and say, write now, uh, write me 10 tweets, tweets, um, maybe LinkedIn posts instead. Um, <laughs> write me 10 LinkedIn posts to promote this article. Um, now create me a landing page about this article. So you're actually conversing with this AI this thing um, and it's it's spitting back information to you so it's really really interesting and there's a a, a, immediately when they opened it up to people being able to use it you had this very interesting kind of um, two sides to, to to what people were saying you had the very defensive side of people going oh my god it's gonna you know coming for my job and the robots are coming Luke <clears throat> um, we talk and, about that every week don't worry yeah and all that kind of side of things and and actually trying to do it down um and say how bad it is and how inaccurate and all this kind of stuff and then you had all the other side which I probably sit in more so which is saying okay well yes it might not be completely accurate at the moment but it's it, imagine how if it's this is how good it is now imagine how mm-hmm. it's going to be in five years time or 10 years time it's it's going to be a really big part of what we do and for that reason I think you need to be looking at it from a perspective of how can this improve what we do you know how can we find efficiencies with it um i I would never say ask it to write a blog article and then copy and paste that verbatim not read it yeah yeah because that would just be crazy and it might be inaccurate um and it might even be plagiarized like it might be taken from something somewhere or bits of it so i want to be really careful but what i think it's great for is like brainstorming ideas um coming up with like content calendar suggestions um creating drafts which i can then put my spin on and you know my emotive side of writing into um so i'm really excited about it i think it's 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 amazing um have you two played with it i haven't had the chance every time i've tried to get onto it yeah it's too full too full right um Um, no i haven't been on it but I have read lots of the articles about it with interest, um, as I've said multiple times. And actually, it's interesting having me and you, Al, in the same room because adoption curve-wise, we're opposite ends. So you are right in the early adopters and I am right in the, I'll get on board with this once everyone else has found out everything that's wrong with it first. 
Um, but I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe being around you is changing me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in so, so many ways. <laughs> um, within um, all the articles that I've read, so. One of them um, was the Search Engine Journal, which we do reference quite a lot, actually, on this podcast. Yeah. But um, they have given five examples um, of ways that marketers can use ChatGPT in really clever ways. Yeah. Um, so people have been obviously playing with the tool and seeing what they can ask it to do. Um, so if I just read those five really quickly, they are quite like technical um, in terms of marketing rather than creative. But so um, you can ask it to create regular expressions for Google Analytics. So if you're not a data analyst, but you want to be using regular expressions, the AI will do the middle technical bit for you, which is cool. Yeah. Um, you can ask it to create Excel formulas. So you can say, I want to calculate on Excel yeah, cool, this bit, this bit, and this bit. So currently, I have to work out what do I Google in order for Google to give <laughs> me the formula that I need to put into Excel. Yeah. I've literally been doing this today. <clears throat> this morning, I did this because I'm trying to create a new chart for the board meeting, actually, Alistair. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I could have used AI to get me an Excel formula. Um it is being able to create custom pixel conversions in JavaScript. So that'll be for your side of the world, Luke, for kind of measuring things. So just on that as well, one of the things I've yeah. uh, heard a lot from people, and I'm not a coder, so I don't know this, but apparently the code it writes is very, very accurate. And okay. it That's almost cool. better than, you know, the written prose that maybe it creates as well. There was... Um, okay. There's a really interesting article um, that I'll drop into the description as well, actually, that one IT guy had used this and a couple of other APIs to completely automate his £75,000 a year job. And <laughs> oh it's his, his wow. job is entirely automated now. And he just kind of sits around and oh, makes me does cry. nothing. And I was like, <laughs> to be honest, if you're in a position where you can get that, if I could fully automate my job, I absolutely wouldn't. I would. Wow. Pretty boring, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd be pretty bored. Well, but yeah, but you'd get to go out and drive a Porsche all day, Al. I don't have a Porsche. Yeah, but you might if you could automate your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he, from that perspective as well, <clears throat> if you're switched on to a position where you can use this to completely automate your job, mm -hmm. then spend your time on new initiatives of yeah, how to make that thing, job better, yeah. then automate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that is definitely the thing. It's, it's all about using it to create to get rid of certain areas of your job which maybe aren't actually that interesting or that efficient and so that you can focus your stuff on the creative side of things yeah yeah so i think that's why it's exciting yeah, so yeah. we stopped you in your that's list. okay um so the fourth, I did actually, don't worry the fourth one um was that it can create a list of relative related questions or related keywords so as in if we know that a keyword for a client is i don't know can we pick a client? Buy jewellery. Okay. Buy jewellery. Yeah. Buy necklace. Something like that. It can send back to you. And obviously, we know that we can do this manually by looking at Google search terms and looking at also ask.com and all of that kind of thing. But the fact that you can literally say, give me all of the related keywords to this keyword, and then it will come back with all of them for you. Google's tech to do that at the moment is very limited, yeah. especially from like a paid search perspective in that you'll key in your keyword and it'll give you the search volume and some mm -hmm. very similar keywords and 500 that are completely unrelated to what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, having this software to be able to automate some of like the keyword research that I do for paid media campaigns mm -hmm. would be would save me quite a lot of time and give me so much more time back to be able to Did like further optimize yeah. paid 
search campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, um, and then the fifth one is that it's been able to create API scripts, so kind of data feeds and code again, like you were saying, Al. Um, so yeah, I think already people are seeing ways that it can really technically assist with kind of what we do and what the internet does. Um, but there are also lots of other ways that um, different companies are looking to kind of integrate it um, in more kind of visible ways, I suppose. Um, so one which is like entirely off topic for marketing. So I'm just going to start with that one because the marketing ones are probably more interesting. Um, is that in February, um, someone is going to court to fight a speeding ticket um, and they are going to be using a AI legal assistant. So in the courtroom, they're going to have a smartphone next to them with this open AI software on it, which is going to listen to the courtroom and then it's going to give them instructions of how to fight the case. I'm not sure I'd want to rely on that, to be honest, but... I think it's an experiment yeah, of what they're doing, probably. but really interesting, a new way of using it. Um, and then, yeah, the other articles that we've got, which are from The Verge and from Social Media Today, um, they are about Bing and chat gpt so before we get into that go can i just quickly say because um, i was just looking for this so i saw this post earlier on today on instagram and it's it's pretty awesome so this is a guy um some of you might know or have come across him before a guy called rob moore um progressive uh entrepreneur and he put out a post with like 10 or things that chat gpt could do for you i won't read all of them but just here's some of them so ask it what 10 things i should do that uh that are productive in my role right Write bespoke meal and exercise plans. Take long-form text and convert it into bullet points. I think Thomas, who works here, actually said earlier on today that he took notes in a meeting and he asked it to create proper prose from yep. those notes, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, write poems, storylines, plots, music, lyrics. Um, there was another one here. Write scripts for YouTube, TikTok ads. Write business plans and funnels. And then one of the ones which I thought was very clever, and I'd not really thought about it, and I'm just going to try and find it, was um, for anyone who's in a, an employment um, kind of role, write, prepare for interviews with questions mm -hmm. and write um, job resumes and job descriptions. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone hates doing that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So imagine, you know, using it for those kind of things. It's yeah. Really cool stuff. So in the Verge article, they talked about um, building this software into like Microsoft Teams, for example. And so this software sits in there, listens to your meeting, writes the notes afterwards and sends them out. Oh, how cool is that? Like, that would be so cool. And the reason it talks about that is because Microsoft is an investor of ChatGPT. It is. So interesting. I didn't know that until today. Yeah. Um, so, which means that it won't be integrating with Google. No, they're having to look into their own so, yeah, they're version. Yeah. They're looking at they're into their own, their, own. their own version of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the Verge article was talking about like, you could go to the tool and say, um, write an email to the team and tell them that I'm sick, send it. Yeah. And then you wouldn't have to do it. Um, I, I wrote Rob an email thanking him for his support this year and the business. <laughs> <laughs> Is this because you're seeing whether Rob listens to the podcast? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Poor Rob. He's not here to defend himself. Um, so, um, and this also the Verge article, they're saying that in its most basic form, the way that they're using this kind of open AI tool at the moment is in Microsoft Word, you know, when you're typing a sentence and it completes it for you, like the autocomplete feature, that yeah. is that is the same software. Okay. 
um, which is interesting. I've got a question on this, probably on. more for Luke, I think. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, okay, maybe maybe you have a view on it. I don't know. Um, so I've actually heard some people say, and this scares the life out of me if this is true, but from a business perspective, I guess as well. But, you know, I think it's silly to stick your head in the sand and, and not think about things that are coming down the future. But I've heard a lot of people talk about how search engines could be completely replaced by AI in that you, you could see a situation where you've got open AI in one window and Google in another window, and you're actually now moving more towards talking to the AI than you're talking to, like looking something up in Google. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't worked, I haven't got my head around that yet. Um, I'm sure there are things where, because with AI, obviously, it's not then going to take you to places that can do those things. Whereas that's what Google and the search engines are obviously for. They're for surfacing information, but they're also for surfacing businesses that can do stuff for you, right? Yeah. Which AI might never get to because it's coming from somewhere else. It's not there to promote things. It fully replaces the Q&A yeah. of things yeah. of Google. So I, I will Google what's the weather in Exeter for example, whereas I could do, if I do that in open AI and it tells me this is the weather now, this is what it's going to be like later. And this is what you should pack for your day if you're going out, mm. which is showing that it can do all of that. Yeah. Implement that into something like Alexa as well. And your virtual yeah. home assistants, yeah. then I've at that point, I've got no need to even pick up my phone mm. to Google something like that because that open AI kicks in on Alexa when I've asked that question yeah. and replaced everything. It definitely feels like a kind of merge between like the virtual assistants and then like ask Jeeves back in the day, you know, yeah. when you sort of ask it questions and expect like responses. But that's where in, I think it was the Hummingbird update with, with Google where it changed from being more kind of keyword centric to question and answers. Like that's where we've been mm -hmm. going for the last probably 10 years. So it feels like a natural progression. But I mean, do you think do you think Google are worried yes. about this? Yeah, definitely. Especially because... Um, because Bing's trying to integrate it. Bing's yeah. trying to integrate it and falling profits at um, oh, whatever their parent company's name is. Alphabet. Alphabet. Um, their profits have been like dropping and dropping and dropping over the last couple of years. Um, admittedly, mostly in 2022, but a lot less people were indoors. So maybe saw a lot less profit coming from that. Yeah. I mean, the Social Media Today article um, says about Google working on their own variation, but they've come out and said that they won't be looking to integrate conversational AI yet due to the potential reputational risk, mm. um, talking about things like it's got racial bias within it. And it because yeah. it takes all information as true information, it spreads misinformation. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously lots of kind of um issues right now but like you said at the start al the kind of potential in it and where it could go is so interesting i guess from bing's perspective having the what one percent of the market share of search engines for google it's like high risk probably fairly low reward because it's high risk for them to yeah. be exactly where they are mm. and to still just continue dominating whereas with bing it's high risk and potentially a very high reward yeah because mm. if they drop if they go from like one percent of the market share to 10 percent of the market share it's going to be ridiculous yeah yeah um so uh the the verge article was talking about how this affects seo in the future um and like people who do seo so they were saying that because eventually 
they think that the AI tool will be able to kind of pull live information from the internet and kind of like read through search results and all of that kind of thing. Um, it means that all of the information that's surfaced to you, because it's surfaced in this kind of human answer conversational way, you will never be clicking through to those websites. Yeah. So all of the kind of traffic and everything will be through chat GPT. It won't be through all of the websites where the information is coming from. And therefore, does that then invalidate like the prominence of a search engine? Well, yeah, this is, this is the point I was trying to get mm. my head around, is that businesses still need to be surfaced and and i think for that reason the search engines surely are always going to be needed um it's just that is a, it going to become more of a directory though do you think perhaps oh my god that's back actually that will go back to yahoo yeah. directory wow yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. or like yell or whatever it yell. was yell yell.com yeah so it could go down that route could do. And then we're, from actually we're going backwards in marketing aren't we because we're going yeah. cookie-less and cookie-less yeah, yeah, yeah. and back to like um bus stop billboards crazy but digital versions yeah wow TV I, it's, it's really weird because i started off in print and i wanted to get away from doing bus stop billboards and outdoor advertising and things like that and in the last couple of years it's like oh all of the bus stop billboards and outdoor advertising is getting digital now so you have that back on your desk it's like i might start okay. designing websites in dreamweaver and front page and flash again now <laughs> old school you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? I'm too young to understand that. Wow. <laughs> or you're too old. Luke, you know what those are. I know what, you, yeah, I know good, what you're talking about. You. But from that perspective as well, from an SEO perspective, we've seen it firsthand with a client who we were writing the content for them and they came across a tool like this and they were like, I think I could just do this content. Myself. Myself here. Is it Jasper? No. Oh. And they were like, I think I could just write this content um, by myself through this AI. Mm. It's not as good. It's not as optimized against SEO, but for what he kind of needed at the time. Mm. Yeah. I think the, the speed that this is kind of improving and like spreading in terms of people trying it out. And, you know, the fact that when you try and log on to it, you can't get onto it because there's so many people on it and that kind of thing. Um, I do feel like this is going to move really quickly um, for yeah. the first half of this year, at least. I, d I do think it's important, and I'm not just saying this because James and Rob have told me to say this because they haven't, but we do need to be careful with people listening to this because it, it, my my wife runs um, uh, a website, theparentinglady.co.uk, um, and she I said I sent this over to her the other day, and she said, "Oh, I'll, I'll test it on something that she knew about," mm -hmm. and then I said run it for a plagiarism plagiarism tool that checks and it yeah. came out as highly likely to be yeah. pa plagiarized but who knows where from um well because it's not an actual person that's what you have to like that is what you have to remember with this isn't yeah. it yeah it is software it is it's not got its own brain yeah it is just pulling information from anything that you feed it so you can influence it however you want by what data you feed it uh, yeah exactly and i think that and actually, so this goes back slightly, but this is this was something else that I did quite interesting over Christmas was that I wrote a blog article, which I do every year at the end of the year, which is my the things that changed my life that, that year. And I was chatting to someone about uh, open AI on probably Boxing Day. And I just launched that article. And obviously, I wrote it. I didn't get it to AI to do it. And he said to me, obviously, AI is never going to be able to write that type of article for you because it's all about you, right? So I said, uh, but and then we started talking about it and we said, why don't we try? So we put into OpenAI something like, um, I want you to write an article on the eight things that changed my life this year. Here are the eight things. And I literally wrote them out. 
And one of them was um, Oscar watching sport with me. And Oscar's my son. And, but I didn't say that. And so it said, it came up with some line that said something like, oh, it was great to meet you this year, Oscar. Um, and I've loved watching sport, in a, et cetera, et cetera. But then I was able to go back in and say, Oscar is my son. And then it rewrote it as Oscar, uh, with Oscar being my son. And I'm like, oh my God, this is slightly mind-blowing and a wow. bit creepy. So yeah, it, uh, again, I hop back to the, where we started, which is you can say what you want about it now, but if it's this good, the way, the increase, the, the, how quickly technology changes is going to be incredible in like five years. Absolutely incredible. I think at present, use it now as like a springboard yeah. for ideas yeah like have it write the first draft of your content potentially yeah not your finished articles no no but i find it really hard to come up with like titles for blogs a lot of the time so i'd use it to like create the title and maybe a first draft and then go in and rip it to shreds with yeah. personalization and things like that definitely and and i think like writer's block is a real thing as well isn't it you know you quite often sit there and go oh, what should i write about mm. give give me 10 ideas to write about this topic and suddenly you're sat there with 10 things to do and well, you can and never have much, that excuse again it, the writer's block comes from starting from zero mm. doesn't it yeah so, so you even if you said oh, I, yeah i know that i need to write about this even if you by the end of it you you've only got five percent of what came out of the ai in the first place yeah having something to kind of edit and go from is so much easier yeah. than starting from nothing. I'm going to see if I can use it personally for like reviewing games and stuff oh, okay. that I do. I thought you were going to say for your resume then. <laughs> for my resume. <laughs> what a time to reveal that. Yeah. <laughs> no, for like reviewing games and stuff is, I wonder if it could pick up that for me. Probably. Play six well, hours of a game, put you. a score of what I give it out of 10 and see if it... And then it does your website blogs for you. Then it does my website blogs for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, I could fire everyone. <laughs> I, do you know what? I think in one... And this is where I'm at with it now, is that it's almost... What, thinking about firing everyone? No, no. <laughs> no, that came out wrong. Um, no, where I'm at with it now in terms of my thinking is that it's almost too difficult to try and work out what you should be asking it because it can mm. do so much that I kind of just don't even look at it now because I don't even know where to begin. And, you know, that getting over that and like maybe bringing it into some of your daily habits would be a, a good thing, to, a good place to start. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what Thomas is doing at the moment. Yeah. He's trying to use it at, in at least one way every day in right, his okay. working life. Yeah, that's cool. Um. So, yeah, maybe next month we can get Thomas on here. Um. And he can tell us about his Could experiment. Be quite a quiet podcast. Though. Well, <laughs> we can get him on just for a small section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Add it in. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, that rounds up the articles then. Yeah. I love so, the fact yeah. you left that right to the end, so that I. For you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, well, so that I didn't talk too much in the. First how's bit. it been? What on the pod? Yeah. Great. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. Will you come back for the hundredth episode? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> get everyone that's been on it. It's, it's, it'll creep up on us, I think, the 100th episode, because I can't believe we're on episode 14 already. I, I was going to say, we're still only You're in like, the 10s. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. a teenager, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, to get to 100, it'll be another like two years, so don't worry about it. Yeah. There's 52 weeks in a year, Alistair. The robots will have come by then. <laughs> they will have come and taken my job. Yeah. But it's been quite refreshing with this conversation about how it can write content and things like that, 
to have it not just come for my job for yeah. once. Normally we're talking about <laughs> machine learning within paid media. Yeah. yeah. So that, that gets Luke worried. But Well, yeah. And also, Luke, you've said that you can move to SEO, but now SEO is obviously going to disappear as well. So mm. you're stuffed, mate. So I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> for... Yeah, search you... engines aren't going to be a thing anymore, I'm afraid. No. You have to get creative. <clears throat> Maybe social media. We'll double down on that. Well, that's all going to disappear because yeah. of the metaverse. Oh, I hope yeah. that Twitter is not where you're where your skills no. are because that's going well i have been looking into <laughs> how i build an optics office within some of the metaverse stuff have so. you heard of oh. your digital future we can help you with that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i might need to use our sponsor if the ai gets any better <laughs> <laughs> okay um well thanks everyone for listening um hope you enjoyed having alistair with us we will invite him back it's been great um thanks for coming alistair thanks for having me on and letting me talk <laughs> you're welcome um and we'll see everyone next week yeah don't forget to like and subscribe and chuck us a review thank you very much cheers thank you for listening to the podcast more than digital marketing is released every friday ready for your weekend listening so please do rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode you can follow us on Twitter using at Optic Solutions. And if you want to get in touch directly, you can do so using podcast at opticsolutions.co.uk. Thanks for listening and see you next week.